this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Ted Hayes. Ted consults with businesses, school districts, and municipalities throughout the United States to conduct security assessments, provide armed intruder active shooter training, and to develop safety programs and risk management strategies. In 2001, Hayes and Waukesha County Sheriff Bill Krzyzewski authored the book, Not in My School, A Proactive Guide to School Violence Prevention. And in November 2014, Ted authored his second book, If It's Predictable, It's Preventable. More than 2,000 Ways to Improve the Safety and Security in Your School. During the fall of 1998, Hayes was a featured presenter at the Wisconsin School Safety Summit hosted by Attorney General James Doyle. In 2014, Hayes was chosen to the Hot 100 list by Insurance Business in America. Ted has served on the board of directors of the Wisconsin Association of School Business Officials and is a member of the WASPO Safety and Risk Management Committee. Hey, Ted, thanks for uh, being on Ted Speaks. We named this podcast just after you, of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so how's everything going? Very busy in the world of active shooter. I'm getting a lot of requests for security assessments and training around the state and around mid the Midwest. Very busy. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing to be busy, but it's kind of a sad reason why you're so busy, right? Yeah, definitely. Yes, it is. I know. I think we say to ourselves a lot, what's the world coming to, right? But, you know, and that's one thing, too, in the realm of safety. I know you specialize in schools, and that's been a big thing in the world. But it can really, the advice you have can fit any business, anywhere, anyone. I think it's good to be smart and safe and do what we can. So, Well, I I would think that companies are taking a lot more seriously than they used to, too, probably. You know, I mean, back 10, 15 years ago when you and I were working together and stuff like that, it probably was... It was kind of like, yeah, 
whatever, sure, that'll happen maybe. And now it's kind of like, it's not, will it happen? When will it happen almost? It's scary. Right. Yeah. I've expanded. I do a lot of manufacturing, uh, nursing homes, hospitals, and I, I even do construction companies and train employees on job sites how to react if there's a bad person or an intruder on the job site. Yeah, and we're going to get into an article that you wrote kind of covering a lot of this, but can you just give a brief background of, you know, yourself and your history to our listeners just so they kind of know where we're we're heading with this conversation and what you do? Yeah, I've been doing active shooter training for almost 30 years now. I've written two books on the subject, mostly re- relating to active shooter in a school setting, but I've got a training partner, uh, Mike Bolander. He's an Oak Creek, Wisconsin SWAT officer. Uh, He himself has been in two active shooter situations, including the sick Indian temple shooting, which occurred 10 years ago this week. Wow, 10 years ago already. Yep, man. Mike and I have developed a lot of uh, very proactive controls. We're not talking theory. Everything we teach is things that have been practiced. It's practices that work to keep people alive. So like I said, we're doing a lot of training for different companies. I do a lot of security assessments, though sometimes I question the validity of those because I can make 90 recommendations at a company and I know they're not going to implement a lot of it. I'd, I'd much rather see that they train their employees so they know exactly what to do if there's a crisis. So it's all, always over that, that training, similar to safety, right? I mean, you also do safety, and you would say that that training is probably more important than maybe the assessment of it? Absolutely. There's an old saying that goes something like, uh, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Hmm. So when I do, and my other favorite saying is, you always got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And Mike Tyson <laughs> said true. that. <laughs> the, yeah. The first one. We don't rise to our expectations. If we just have a crisis plan, we haven't practiced it, we haven't trained, we're not going to rise to that level when there's a real crisis. We're going to fall to the level of our training. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very true. What, what do you think are some of the common characteristics that really go with an active shooter or an armed intruder? Well, there's a lot of stuff out there, but if you look in a school setting, I think a lot of it is the video games, the violence that we see in, in mass media now. I think being uh, off of school for a year with COVID certainly didn't help. I wrote articles a year and a half ago where I called it. I said, uh, you're going to see, didn't mean shooter, but I said, you're going to see increased violence in schools when kids haven't been together for over a year here. And, and, it, and it's playing out. Yes, it Unfortunately, is. yes, you're right. Yeah. I do remember that article. Yeah. Shootings are getting bigger and better, and I don't mean that in a good way more destruction, shooters study previous shooters, what they're doing to get into facilities. It's it's not good. No. And you kind of talk about that in this article that I read. A lot of it maybe sounds simple, but I think people take for granted, like uh, I think you talk about just easy targets or easy access, like things that people can fix and why not do that? So can you talk a little bit about some of those things that people should just do? Yeah, it's my belief that a shooter and an intruder looks for three things. Easy targets opportunity is the first. And what, what that term means, they may come for an intended victim or victims, whether it's a fellow employee, whether it's the HR director, president of the company. Oftentimes their intended victim isn't there. Well, that person doesn't go home and say, well, I'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. They're going to committed. And so they shoot very innocent people who had nothing to do with the situation. 
Secondly, the shooter doesn't want any barricades or restrictions that's going to limit their movements around the facility. That's why I stress you need to lock your external doors. You need to lock your internal doors all the time, even if it's a hollow core door. Just having that door closed and locked will prevent a shooter from coming in. Shooters aren't shooting in doors, kicking them in. If they can't easily access their targets, that they move on. And then lastly, I always mention that they want little or no supervision or confrontation. They don't want eyes on them because they know law enforcement's going to be called. They don't want to know there's cameras in the building because law enforcement's going to be called. So I always ask my, my clients to get vigilant. If you don't have a good visitor control policy and people are walking in all sides of your building, it's very difficult to determine who's good, who's bad in those situations. Do you see that a lot of the smaller companies? you know, that might not necessarily have that, those resources that some of the bigger companies do? I don't know if that's the case, Ted. What I do see, and I get it, there's companies when it gets 90 degrees outside, they got garage doors open for ventilation. Right. And it's not the best control, but you still have to have visitor control policies in place where any visitor coming in should have a big five by seven bright pink lanyard around their neck so I can see it from a distance that this person has been vetted. And and if I don't see that, I'm letting somebody know who is this person walking around a facility. But I think the sad thing is whether I'm going out to a manufacturing environment or a school, they can tell me, you know, we got good security here. And without a doubt, I can walk around the facility and I'll be able to get in a door somewhere because it's wedged open for someone taking a cigarette break, the doors broke, whatever. And that, that we got to stop. And I think too, I just, you know, I listen to kind of not the excuses people can make, but like it's a hot day. So what, what's it going to hurt to open the door? And it would be, it would be really great if we could think that way. And I remember it's probably been more years ago than I think when our kids were still in elementary school and a lot of the world was changing and they put in some of these protocols. You have to be buzzed into the office. You have to wear a name tag. How inconvenient. Yeah, and I think I've been I've been here right. forever. You know me. And it was never like I was against it, but I was kind of more saddened. Like, is Appleton, Wisconsin really here yet? And now looking at it, you have to be. Because you, really you just have to be smart. So like listening to you say, doing the assessment is one thing, but actually having people implement, well, that's what people are doing. And we have to realize that it's for the benefit of everyone, correct? Yeah, and schools get so concerned about their vestibule and their front main entrance and the controls they have there. Uh, news alert, shooters aren't walking in the front door. Yeah, that's a good They're point. They're coming in the side doors, doors that have been wedged open. So I'm more concerned with those than your front entrance, to be honest. And those are things that you point out, like someone walking around might not think of that. We got the front door covered. That's where everyone comes in. But when you go out and do assessments for schools or businesses, those are the things that you just know to look for, correct? Right. I kind of look at it uh, peeling an onion. I I start externally, and I'm, I'm looking around the facility to see if there's any vegetation that's blocking windows that I can't see out. I'm looking for objects or cars that are parked too close to the building that I can't see around. And then I work in, I I work at the exterior doors and then I go in the building and I go uh, the interior doors right into what in a school per se, a classroom and make sure they got very specific room controls developed, not just a general program. 
Is that probably a good place to just start for someone, whether they're a bigger business who have the resources or a smaller business, to just start with that assessment to know where they fall in good, bad, or indifferent? Yeah, and, you know, I, I like to stay away. When I do assessments, there's a lot of people and companies that go out there and write you this fancy 50-page report. That's all fine. I'd much rather walk around with my contacts right. and point things out and explain them to them what, what they need to know about the physical security of their building. Then okay. I drive down to the room level. Again, kind of getting back to that safety philosophy, right? I mean, you can write down things. You can have a nice, pretty audit, right? But unless you actually show them what they're doing right. and why they're doing it, they really aren't going to understand. You aren't going to get that into there. You know, a question I have for you, Ted, is EAP, Emergency Action Plan, for a lot of companies has really changed. I mean, because all you used to worry about is shelter and then fire, right? Now there's another component, and that's what you're, you're the expert to, on. What are you recommending to companies as far as when they do that training, as far as evacuation and, and, and that type of stuff, when there is a shooter? What are some of your general recommendations that you have for that? Well, let's, let's talk evacuation, whether it's for a fire and then an active shooter scenario. I teach if you can safely get out of the building, you know the threat is on the other side of the building and you can safely get out, get out, move, yep. get away. But there's a way to evacuate. I teach people how to run. It isn't just simply turn and burn. Let's take, for example, construction employees that may be working in a facility. They got a bright yellow hard hat on. They got an orange reflective vest. The first thing I tell them is, Take that off. Right. Take that bright colors off. You want to become earthy. You want to blend in with your surroundings. You want to look for cover objects, heavy objects that'll stop bullets. And you want to, before you start work that day, you want to walk around and check out the exits and say, where does this exit door take me? You don't want to run out a door and it drops you into an alley that's fenced in. Good point. Correct. <laughs> You know, you want to know where the exits take you. And you it's called having a, a mental action script, having a plan in your head of what you're going to do. When you evacuate, and let's tie this in a little bit to fire. This is something I teach in schools. We, we practice uh, fire drills with our students a couple times a year. But what I teach is when a fire alarm gets pulled, don't simply grab everybody and move. We're out of the building. You don't know nowadays if it's a bad person pulled the alarm trying to bring people out to the shooter, whether it's internal or external. So I teach a concept that you come to to your classroom door and you do quick peeks out your room door to check out the hallways. You get down to the the corner hallway and you do a quick peek. And there's another term I teach called metering, which you can peek around a corner without stepping out in the hallway. Any company, especially when you're evacuating during a fire, I always say designate four employees. They go to the north, south, east, and west side of the building, and they're just looking out the windows, looking for something out of place, looking for a bad person. I always say talk to your local police department. When they respond to a fire, They someone should be driving the perimeter of the facility just in case there's a bad person out there. Right. So, And with evacuation, whether it's a fire but more importantly a shooter, it's none of this get out of the building and go out by the apple tree. I want you 500 yards away from the building. And that's a long distance. I want you that far away in case of a shooter. Right. Boy, how times have changed, unfortunately. Yes, they have. Yeah, listening to you say that, like it all makes sense, but I don't know if I would have thought of some of those, you know, those points. And the thing is, it's it's sad, but it's necessary. 
And if the one thing we can control, we can't control other people's actions. So if we can control how we react and our knowledge, you know, I guess that's where to start. That kind of brings me to one of my other questions is, how does someone know, maybe I already know the answer, if they need to conduct a security assessment? Or do you think if they haven't, they need to? I don't know if it's, if it's uh, do I know if I got to do it or not? Yeah. Your facility's wide open. If you haven't identified what I call safe rooms, those are rooms that are secured, whether they're cement wall or they have uh, heavy equipment in them, areas where I can take employees that they'd be safe during a lockdown. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you're going to get out of a security assessment Okay, is looking at facility security, developing those safe rooms and ensuring that you have some type of mass notification system in place. That's where a lot of companies totally fail. Mass notification, of course, it's to warn the good people that something's going on. The reason we want a good mass notification system is we also want to notify the shooter. If they're hearing an announcement that there's a shooter in the building on the east side of the building, maybe we can get this individual to push and get out of there. But we really want to have a good notification system. Maybe we don't have a paging system overhead. But can we have air horns? There's buzzer systems that you can mount, alarm systems that that just set off a squelch throughout the facility. There's different things to notify everybody. I always say you have about three seconds to make the right decision. There's a shooter in the building. You better have your decision made and, and stick with it and move. What we tend to do, unfortunately, if you hear pop, 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 we never want to say it's gunshots. We always want to think it's a backfire, it's fireworks. And what we tend to do as human beings is we go to it. Right. We want to confirm what that is when I don't want you doing that. If you hear something that you think is gunshots, you're going the other way. Yeah. And I just think sitting here, I've I've learned a lot. You know, sometimes I think, well, I, I would know, like a lot of it's common sense. But like you said, you have three seconds to decide. You're in that panic mode or you're curious. And to teach people really what to do, there's there's rules to be followed and for a reason. So I can see where that's very, and I hate to keep saying, especially in today's world, but it's true. <laughs> My most popular handout that I give to companies, I developed a document. It's two pages back to back. It's called Room Security Controls. And it's your crisis plan for a shooter, lockdown, and evacuation. It asks eight questions. How do I implement our notification system here? You don't want something happening. And an employee says, I don't know how to warn others. And I want you to know how to call 911. So often at a company, you've got to dial eight to get uh, out. Nine, yeah. seven, yep. right. So you got to know how. I want you to know where your crisis plan is. I want you to know what your mental action script is for that room, meaning I want you to write down that the first thing you always do is lock the door and then barricade the door if it's safe to do so. And I want want you to know what objects you have in that room to secure that door. My favorite color for security is pink. Pink is obnoxious on paper. You see it. And so I, I like your lockdown, or I'm sorry, your barricade items to have pink stickers on them. So it's pre-planned. If something happens, you're in someone else's room, you can, or office, you can just look and say, one, two, three, those are the items I use to immediately barricade this door. So then I want you to also know where the fatal funnel is in that room. And the fatal funnel is an imaginary triangle 
that if that shooter comes to your door and fires through that door, whether open or closed, they could strike somebody. And too often, especially in schools, and I see they're in lockdown drills, they're putting the kids right in the fatal funnel. We got to get them out of that imaginary triangle, um, mark the walls with pink stickers, get your employees or your students lower than low. They got to lay down like Superman, uh, get them high, get them up on shel shelving units if you can, but get them out of that kill zone. And then the last couple things I, I want them to know is what, how do my windows open for evacuation? And if they don't open, how am I going to break them? And what window breaking tool do I have there? There's a real art to break windows. Yeah, I mean, that, that's very true because they don't just break. <laughs> no, you know, you strike them in the upper corner. That's a whole nother discussion. Right. The last thing I ask is what weapons do I have in the room to fight back? Huh. I'm not one to say, you, you always hear that if a bad person comes in, we're all going to throw something at them. Well, if they've got a loaded gun, and we throw 30 objects at somebody, the person with the gun is going to win. So I teach what I call the ABCs of weapon control, where you stand on the handle side of the door. If that weapon comes in, you avoid the weapon, you blanket, get your, your hands, your arms around it, and you control it down and away. Uh, just try to control that weapon so they can't shoot anybody in the room. So that's my room security control handout. If anybody wants it, um, you know, just email me, call me, and I gladly share it with you and walk anybody through it. I get, I get hundreds of requests for it every year. This would be a good time. Could you just share your contact information for our audience? Yeah, my email address is uh, Ted Period Hayes H A Y E S at m three i n s dot com, and my phone number is seven one five three four zero zero seven five five. Everything I talk about uh, in my presentation is on my LinkedIn page. So uh, go out there and hook up with me. It's I, everything I write, I publish out there on LinkedIn for free. That's great. It really is. It's a lot, a lot of good information that we just all really need to know. So we appreciate that. Absolutely. And there, there are, I don't think there are as many experts as yourself out there, you know, and as passionate as you are about it, about this. So thank you for doing that. But now it's time for me, the positive safety coach, to have a little fun with you, Ted. Oh, no. All right. Are you ready is <laughs> the question. We're switching gears here. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. You being a big duck hunter that you are, this one was chosen specifically just for you. So, you ready? I'm ready. Why do ducks have tail feathers? You'll have to tell me. To cover their butt quacks. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, thank you. At least I got a smile and a nice, you know, not laughter, nice. but we go, we're getting closer, Barb. Every, every episode, we're getting a little closer to making somebody actually laugh. We have one more and then I'll, I'll put you out of your misery here with this. Uh, what do you call? <laughs> That's not a good way to put it after no. you just talked about. Come on. Okay. What do you call a cat who fibs? What do you call a cat who fibs? Don't know. A lion. Mm, okay. <laughs> That's better than... That's better oh, than Ted. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> That's not better than mine. He took the good one, I thought. So we got a little nod out of Ted. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on Ted Speaks today, Ted, and really enjoyed that. And again, people, if you have an opportunity to get a hold of Ted with his information, also on LinkedIn yeah. is a good spot to go too. So thank you for being on the show and have a super safe day. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, 
providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.caru at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 